It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. We're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Make sure you make the trip to Sal's. You won't regret it. Hey, if you're looking for an authentic Italian meal, go to Sal's. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino and their next big boxing event, which is a world title fight, Saddam Ali, uh, is uh, the main event. It's taking place next weekend, uh, May 12th, Saturday. I want you to be there. You know why? Because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be ringside. That's right. Hey, get yourself some tickets now. If you've never been to the Turning Stone Resort and Casino, uh, what a great place to hang out for a weekend. Uh, it's uh, a fantastic resort casino and uh when you watch a live boxing event uh, at the turning stone uh you're practically in the ring there's not a bad seat in the house and uh speaking of uh being a seat in the house uh it's going to be an hbo event so listen you're going to want to be part of that live audience especially if you've never seen a live fight before uh, get yourself some tickets best way just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the fight poster. It's on the right-hand side. You can't miss it. Click it, get yourself some tickets, then drop me an email and let me know where you're sitting. And then maybe I'll come over so you could buy me a scotch or two. You know what I mean? Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn. All of the Holiday Inn properties, if you call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364, that's 844-603-0364. You'll get a Billy C. discount on any Holiday Inn property. Can't remember the number, just remember the website, billycboxing.com, and just click on the Holiday Inn banner, which is on the right-hand side. And finally, today's show is being brought to you in part by, of course, my book, because until everybody on the planet has five or six copies, I'm not going to stop talking about it. Tom Molino from Bondage, The Best Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You want to get a signed copy? Just visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. If you want more than one copy, love you. Email me, billy at talking boxing. 
T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Um, coming up uh, on the show, I got uh, uh, some stuff to talk about. A, uh, I-, I don't know if you remember or if you've heard, but Panama Lewis was... Uh, 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 he was a trainer, but he got uh, he got busted for uh, uh, taking the uh, padding out of a glove, and um, ultimately he's still serving that sentence. But one of the things about those gloves at that time was that they were stuffed with horsehair, and they've since replaced that, or have they? I got a, uh, an update on horsehair boxing gloves, and you're going to be seeing them in the ring pretty soon. Not that they've been totally gone, but they have been under the radar. We'll talk about that a bit a little bit later. I got some emails to read. Um, but first, I want to start off with this. The uh, fight that we all want to see, the fight that we're all talking about, the fight that, that really is required to keep the momentum going for the sport of professional boxing is... Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder. Not only is it going to be a deciding factor on who currently is the best heavyweight on the planet, but it's the heavyweight division, and the heavyweight division is where it's at, and it features the two top uh, fighters, and all of the uh, boxing fans want to see this fight. But here's the problem. Time, she's a running out. Because as of Saturday, April 5th, the mandatory 30-day negotiation period for the ordered fight from the WBA. Now, Anthony Joshua has, has several of the world title belts, all of them except for the WBC belt to be exact. And the WBA portion of his collection of belts is requiring him to fight their mandatory title challenger, who is Alexander Povetkin. And Alexander Povetkin versus Anthony Joshua, uh, the free negotiation period is up on Saturday, May 5th. And what that means, boys and girls, is that the show, I mean the, uh, the fight, will go to a purse bid. That's not the fight everybody wants to see. The fight everyone wants to see is Deontay Wilder against Anthony Joshua. That fight apparently uh, is moving forward, but... Is that for real? Joining us right now, who has said all along that he felt that this fight was going to be taking place this year and has also said, until yesterday, that he feels that we're going to get an announcement soon. Well, guess what, Sal? Today better be the day that we get the announcement. What's your thoughts? Soon enough. <laughs> we'll get the announcement today. Watch. By, uh, what time they have to notify? 12, uh, 12 p.m. or 3 well, if you're referring, if you're referring, if you're referring to the WBA, they actually that situation has until Saturday. But my point is, is that if Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder really wanted uh, to make this fight happen, and we all know the story, Deontay Wilder made an offer. He made an offer. He doesn't have fifty million, but he makes a fifty million dollar offer. No contract, no stipulation, no no parts of the contract uh, on the table. But yet Team Wilder says to AJ, you must accept it before you see a contract, which I've never, I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But nonetheless, guess what, Sal? These guys are actually communicating. And according to at least um, 
Anthony Joshua's side, they are talking now behind closed doors. As you recall, most of their discussions has been in the media, through the media, in uh, social media or the, the print media or, or news media or boxing websites or whatever. Uh, but uh, now, according to Team Joshua, uh, the, dis- the discussions are being held behind closed doors. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's what I've said all along, Bill. I mean, you know, they use the media to, to promote and to uh, make uh, some things come to fruition, sure. But the bottom line is this is a deal that they're going to iron out. They're going to be negotiating. They're going to have their representation. And they're going to nail it. It's a, it's going to be a compromise. And uh, the rhetoric that happens all in between, uh, they're compromising, is going to be... It's going to be what? Like I said, they're going to come out of that room and they're going to announce that we have a world championship title bout on the line that's going to take place this, there, and when, and how. And that's, that's all I felt all along. And, uh, you know, it's bigger than boxing. You know, these, these mandated title shots and, and uh, sanctioning bodies. As you and I suggested, this, this is bigger than even those. Uh, although they are great to fight for unification in the world championship, I mean, these guys, if they're smart businessmen, if their handlers are as half as smart as we give them credit for, they got to realize this fight cannot be jeopardized by each of these fighters taking on different opponents and delaying the process for the so-called marination period that already has been taking place, whether we know it or not, right under our nose uh, for the last year and a half. So I'm just going to stick to my guns. It's going to happen, and we're going to hear about it very shortly. I got some comments. First, I want to remind everybody, today is Super Chat Thursday. Super right, Chat Thursday. And, and you know what Super Chat Thursday means. What, what, you know? Well, if you don't know what Super Chat Thursday means, is there's a feature on YouTube, and it's in the YouTube chat room right now uh, called Super Chat. And we want you involved with our discussion. So give us a Super Chat, and uh, I, will, uh, uh, I will include your Super Chat comment, question, concern, uh, as part of our discussion today. So uh, let the Super Chats begin. I'm hearing crickets, but uh, whatever. Um, I got some. I got some. I got some. Uh, my man Johnston. We got our uh, UK correspondent. He's got a column up on BillyCBoxing.com. He attends fights over in the UK for us. Uh, been doing uh, uh, very well, and we appreciate it. He's the guy that hooks us up with the the uh, the diary for Anthony Joshua before a fight, etc. Um, he's got some uh, inside uh, comments. And he said, uh, here you go. He says, in a recent in-depth interview today, which was yesterday, uh, a legitimate boxing news reporter said Eddie Hearn had this to say. Now, this, I've already seen some of this stuff that that, uh, Johnson has sent me. And from what I understand, Sky Sports Boxing uh, were the people behind it. Now, Sky Sports is the equivalent to HBO over in England. So... Um, you know, you got to take what it, uh, what it, what, what it, what it's worth, you know, that, that it happened. He said, um, and this is from Eddie Hearn concerning, uh, the discussions between team Joshua and team Wilder. Uh, Eddie says, all I'm saying 
is at the moment, the talks are ongoing. There's still a long way to go, but talks are going on, and we're positive and hopeful. Um, by the way, I had heard uh, uh, it go as far as Eddie Hearn saying that he felt that the uh, uh, the possibility of this fight being signed, sealed, and delivered pretty soon is 70%. So that's not bad. He says, uh, he says people say, I don't want the fight. Uh, of course I do. Uh, $50 million. It's $50 million. But it's $50 million for what? He's not going to just take the money and say, hey, just let me know where you want me and I'll be there. There's so many questions that you got to ask. We've asked the important ones now, and we'll see where it goes. You shouldn't have to be forced to accept the fight uh, in order to see a contract or have or not have any questions answered or even have a meeting. We are interested and uh, we are very interested. He's taking it public, meaning Wilder, uh, which is probably the worst thing you can do. Anthony Joshua likes everything done properly behind the closed doors. That's good business. We've worked with Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, we've worked with uh, Duco. We've worked with Dillian White. We've worked with Team uh, Tacom. We've worked with Wilder advisor Al Heyman before during the Charles Martins fights. Uh, we've never had one disruption. So we're just going to do the same thing, which is work hard behind closed doors. If both guys want the fight and both teams really want the fight, it'll get done. They do. We all do meaning they all want to fight. We're not looking to complicate matters, but there are things that affect our legal rights, and there's a few things that will affect our decision as to whether we take the fight or not. That's the key here. We can't accept until we know what the parameters are. I don't make the fights. Anthony Joshua is my boss. So I do I think that he should fight Wilder? Yes. Does he want to fight Wilder? Yes. When you've built to the level that we've built him to, what if we say publicly, yes, get the contract, and it's a load of BS? We'd look stupid. We'd go, well, we accepted the deal. They'd come out and say, deal done. In principle, everything goes. Wow, it's gone mad. Then you get a contract, though, that you can't, that you can't sign. Then you pulled out of the fight. So we just got an awful, um, we just got to be careful how we handle it. There's only a half a dozen questions. They're not difficult to answer, but they will all be answered this week. Then if there's a positive response, we can start talking about drafting contracts and stuff like that. I'm taking it out of the media with the right people, and talks are ongoing. If I hear anything, you, meaning the fans, will be the first to hear. I like it, Sal, and I also like the fact that they're putting a, a you know, this week deadline on it because they have to. Time's running out. The, the uh, free negotiation period for the Povetkin fight is done on Saturday. Anthony Joshua, the question is, does he give a rat's ass about the WBA title? I wouldn't. It's the most worthless title of all. But Anthony Joshua likes to have all the belts. So this is important. This is an important piece of what's going to happen in the future. The other thing I just can't get past, Sal, I can't get past it. How do you accept a fight for $50 million or any amount of money without seeing a contract? And how could you be held to that? Uh, Eddie Hearn is, is concerned about them agreeing, then not signing a contract, then being uh, you know worried about say, uh, Deontay Wilder's team saying they pulled out of the fight. How do you pull out of a fight when there's no contract? It, it, it just seems so ridiculous to me. I, I don't get it. You're a big 
You're, you're Deontay Wilder's biggest fan. You started the Deontay Wilder fan club. But I just want to know, how, how do you justify this with the way that Team Wilder has, has handled this whole situation and the way it was presented? I mean, does he have anything to stand on? I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, I think he's done an effective job of having us talk about it and having the media surround it and talk about it. But what does that have to do with the fight? What does that have to do with Well, it's it's the rhetoric and the the things that go on to keep the interest, to keep the excitement, to keep the mystique about this fight happening. And the bottom line is, finally, it's behind the closed doors. They're knocking it out. And uh, whatever evolutionary period took place to get it where it is today, that's part of the whole process. And that's what I've said. They're going to wind up, and I've said it all along, they're going to wind up being a quiet period of time when they're going to be behind closed doors, and all of a sudden they're going to come out saying, we've got to fight. And and I still am adamant about that, and I feel that way, and I think it's going to happen very, very soon. Well, um, we got uh, our first Super Chat today. Remember, today's Super Chat Thursday, and uh, our first Super Chat is from my man Johnston. And uh, he says... And, and if this is true, I, I, he's given us a report out of England right now. He says uh, uh, apparently that Hearn has requested a delay from the WBA and Team Povetkin, and they have agreed, which is huge news considering the time factor uh, involved with putting this fight together. Uh, so uh, great uh, update from my man Johnston, Sal, and, and you, that John. makes a, a a big difference here. That was right uh, there. That's, you know, that's, that's telling us right hold, there what's hold going that, on. Hold that, that hold that thought. We got to take a break. We'll talk about the uh, time extension in about two. Billy, we'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. It's Super Chat Thursday. What does that mean? Well, we're looking for Super Chats today. It's Thursday and we're looking for Super Chats. Yeah, that's what it means. It means uh, we want some Super Chats. No, you uh, got a question? You got a comment? You got a consign? Well, then give it to us in a Super Chat. Go on over to the YouTube uh, chat room up on our YouTube channel. We're simulcasting right now as we speak. And uh, put a Super Chat in and... We'll hook you right up. You'll be part of the show. You know, you'll be part of Sal. You you can you can jump on uh, a uh, on uh, Deontay Wilder's bandwagon with Sal Rocky Senecola. But absolutely, uh, I think that was some a big uh, bit of news to be honest with you, Sal. Uh, that the uh, extension was made because uh, the tr- the truth of the matter is, um, you know, they have uh, they get that uh, extension or time delay that is approved by the WBA and Povetkin. Because remember, uh, Alexander Povetkin was very adamant about not taking step-aside money. He was very adamant about not waiting uh, to, uh, uh, to have this fight. He said he's the mandatory. He's worked hard to get it. 
and uh, he certainly wanted it. So, uh, you know, with all of that said, uh, I think that uh, I think that it's good uh, that uh, that that happened. What, what's, what's your thoughts? Uh, like I said, I, I feel confident and even more so after uh, hearing that uh, from Johnston, the uh, update. And uh, I, I've said it all along, and I, I, I really feel adamant about this. This is going to happen. Just uh, not for all ears and eyes to hear about the, the process of how it's going to happen enough rhetoric's been thrown around and, and I really feel that, you know, with this new uh, situation that has just evolved with the WBA and Prevecian, you know, accepting that uh, we may have a delay and what's, what's, uh, what's inevitable on that end, I think that uh, this is just kudos to, you know, back up what uh, we've been hoping for and that they're going to just uh, knock this out and then make a big announcement that we're going to be able to hear and be privy to in just a few short days. Well, then the other side of the coin is that it's all BS and that the fight will never happen or the fight won't happen until next year and that both guys will go on and f take other fights in between, which makes no sense. You see, uh, let me just say this. The only other fight that we can you know, put in the same category uh, or close to it with the desire level and, you know, the two fighters and, and where their position is, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is, of course, the uh, uh, Mayweather-Manny uh, Pacquiao fight. Now, that fight, uh, you know, we wanted to see, and we finally saw it five years later. Now, with yes. those two guys, they were both in a position to make a lot of money, whether they fought each other or not. Uh, obviously, Floyd was in a better position and made more money than Manny, but it is what it is. When you look, at, and, and at the end of the day, you know, we all have to agree that we were, it was an anticlimactic fight. It Very was, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, Floyd dominated the fight. Uh, I can't believe some people feel Clearly. that Manny won the fight, you know, but uh, no. uh, Floyd dominated the fight in theory, uh, but it was one of the most unentertaining, well, it was a typical Floyd Mayweather fight, non-entertaining, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now, with this particular fight, the two styles of, of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, it would be hard to make me believe that this fight would not be entertaining, even if, if you had to wait. But here's the big risk, Sal. These two guys fight in a division, and both of their styles are, are inducive to being upset, the, the, the apple cart, so to speak, being upset. And in the heavyweight division, anyone can land a knockout punch at any time. So my question is, is why would they want to wait and be greedy? Because the only reason that they would want to wait is to try to squeeze more money out of this fight. But the risk involved. The risk of them even fighting the, the sacrificial lambs and bums that Deontay would fight. Because let's make, let's make no mistake. You know, the bottom line is Deontay Wilder could line up a, a handful of bums, just like he's got 39 others, you know, uh, one real one, but 39 other bums he's fought. He could line up a couple of more and, and fight, right? But Anthony Joshua... He's got mandatory obligations that he would have to fulfill. And whether you think he's still a, a player or not, Alexander Povetkin is a tough out. He's a knockout puncher. Uh, and AJ has shown uh, 
I think that every time he steps in the ring with a shorter guy, he's he's shown vulnerabilities. So with that said, Sal, and and even considering your boy fighting bums, they're still in a division that anything could happen. Isn't the risk of them, either one of them losing or, or having a setback? And I'm not suggesting that that would end the possibility of a fight between AJ and, and Deontay, but it would certainly end the kind of money that they're looking at right now, wouldn't it? It sure would, and and you know I'm not gonna uh, be too much in agreement with the bums theory. I think that you know he'll have to fight what he has been fighting, the known entities of who's out there in the public, uh, uh, as far as being a notable uh, uh, opponent. Can you uh, name one? Can Can you name me one that he's fought? Well, no, Bill. I mean, what I'm talking about is he's not going to have to fight an unknown entity. No, but he's going. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is the same known right. entities. The same. The, listen, there's not that many quality. But there's not that many quality heavyweights. That's what I'm saying. That's why this fight is so big. There's a there's a whole there's a whole level of of you know, and Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, where they are, they're on the the upper tier of the level of what is available in the heavyweight division today. You have you have several different tiers, and uh, you know the the tiers. I'm gonna roll down my face if they don't sign this contract. But I mean, the reality of it is, you know, it's it's got to be uh, what is available. Who who is the the most notable and who will give the 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 uh, fight a fight a, a good fight and an entertaining fight and the pickings are thin but also the risk does not outweigh the reward the ultimate goal and reward right here is the unification of this world heavyweight championship bout a stellar purse that's going to be available to both these champions and the rematch clause that will ensure them a guarantee of even more money and the opportunity to retain or regain that world championship belt. And I think that that right there, said and done, is going to keep. It's going to keep what? And uh, You keep going out, Sal. It's going to keep what? Bored. You keep going in and out. You said it's going to, yeah. it's going to be what? It's going to keep what? It's going to keep keep us baited as to, to keep following what's going to happen. I think it's inevitable, but I think that, you know, the risk far outweighs the reward. We, we, we cannot see either of these fighters take an unnecessary risk in fighting another opponent but, other than each other. But my, my point is, is that all along, whether we agree on who's going to win the fight or not, we must agree that, Anthony Joshua has way more options to continue to make the type of paydays he's been making fighting opponents um, than Deontay Wilder has. Deontay Wilder has not made $2.5 million yet, uh, slightly under that with the Ortiz fight. And now that Ortiz has has been beaten by, by Wilder, who else is left there for him that would be an intriguing fight. There's rumor has it that he's already signed to fight Dominic Brazil. I happen to like that fight. I think that Dominic Brazil will give Ante, uh, will give Deontay Wilder trouble. I really do. This is a guy with a granite chin, and he's not that bad. And he's a big kid. He's very limited. He's not as quick. You know, Deontay's very fast. Um, but uh, 
But I think that that's a good fight. But like you just said, is the risk worth it? Dominic Brazil can knock people out. And and Anthony Joshua, I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder, although he's displayed a chin in, in uh, against Luis Ortiz, uh, you know, who hits harder, Ortiz or Dominic Brazil? I, I don't know. I've never been hit by either one, but Brazil is much bigger. Um, but aside from that fight, I mean, you could potentially have a Dillian White fight. I mean, there are fights for Wilder, but he's not going to take any of them. He's going to fight these obscure Eric Molinas and Johan Duapa. That's my hang-up. And the truth of the matter is, is that he's, how many fights does he have to fight to make the kind of money he would make? It makes no sense. I mean, when you look at it from a business perspective, from a boxing business perspective in terms of you know gains and stuff in boxing, for not just the money, by not fighting Anthony Joshua right now, it makes no sense. If this fight doesn't get signed, sealed, and delivered, I think it's going to hurt the sport. I, I really do. I think the people that have finally said, you know what, boxing's good again, I'm going to watch it again. If they don't make this fight quickly, Sal, we're going to lose those fans and have to start this climb all over again. I'm telling you, that's that's what I predict. Well, and, and that's the whole thing. That's why it does not make sense for any other option but to negotiate and hammer out what we need to see as a deal to have this fight finalized, signed, sealed, and delivered to the fans. And that's what I feel in my heart of hearts. It's going to happen. There is no real way out, and uh, it's inevitable. And I just hope that uh, they all get down to the nitty-gritty and, and do what they have to do to knock it out, and uh, we'll see some knockouts because as Michael Buffer will always I'll have to give him the credit when he coins different things, boy. And what I love when he coined this one, when he says somebody's always going to go. And uh, that's going to be part of the excitement that night when Deontay Wilder steps in the ring with Anthony Joshua. Somebody's always going to go. Thank you, Michael Buffer. This is true. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, I got some emails to read. I got an update on uh, horsehair boxing gloves. Remember those? Well, uh, we'll talk about that in about two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio it's talking boxing with billy c now back to billy c interact with the show at billycboxing.com and we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us today don't forget it's super chat thursday what does that mean well Send us a super chat with a question, comment, or concern, and uh, we'll make it part of today's show. So far, we got one. So uh, hook us up, man. Come on, man. Don't uh, don't be scared. Don't be sca- don't be a scared. But uh, anyway, we got some emails to read. But first, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention this, uh, which was in the news. Um, Jeff Horn, the uh, WBO welterweight yeah. champion, who's going to be fighting Terence Crawford on June 9th in Vegas. 
actually uh, will be Terrence Crawford's uh, shot at the uh, World Welterweight title that Jeff Horn holds, the same one that he beat for Manny Pacquiao. Um, apparently, they have been approved to use horsehair gloves. Now, um, according to Team Horn, that this is going to be a big advantage for him. He says that uh, their team says that they can be easily manipulated, the, the gloves that is, uh, to expose the knuckles, which will increase punching power, which they feel that Jeff Horn will have the advantage over. Uh, they describe the horsehair-based gloves as Clayton's gloves, the gloves that you have when you're not having a glove. Um, according to uh, Team Horn, they said it's a game changer. It doubles the shock through the glove, uh, and it seems that it's going to go back to primitive days. Uh, if he wants to be a gladiator, then let's fight with these, then so be it. Now, I don't know uh, if that was... Uh, uh, Terrence Crawford making the move to request the horsehair gloves or whatever. But, Sal, if you recall, these are the same types of gloves that got Panama Lewis banned uh, from the sport of boxing. To this day, he can't get closer than seven rows uh, back from the ring. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, considering the history that the horsehair gloves has? Well, I love horsehair gloves. Uh, I loved every time I have that opportunity to fight with a horsehair glove. Uh, my hands were always, uh, the punches were harder and uh, firmer. Uh, your knuckles are, I think, equally or if not better uh, protected. The foam inside the glove um, is, is not as insulating or does not conform as well to your hand once, uh, as they use that term, manipulated. Some of that horsehair does uh, uh, move around a little bit so you can have a little bit of uh, Conforming, uh, conformance into your, your hand molding into the glove. Not much, not ma especially if you're just being gloved for the first time. But the bottom line is I love horsehair gloves, and uh, they're comfortable for me. And, yes, I think they are to a puncher's advantage. Well, they clearly, uh, well, at least in the past, have, have shown that, uh, uh, that they give uh, a puncher a, a better opportunity. But the line that, that bothered me, was the fact that the uh, trainer of Jeff Horn said that they're so easy to manipulate the horsehair gloves, um, you know, versus the uh, the standard padding glove. I, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why. I, I mean, if a trainer is saying that, that means it must be a common practice to uh, to do. And um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who would want to request these. Um, I think Horn would be more benefited by it uh, based on his style. But then again, Terrence Crawford, one of my favorite fighters today because of his style. He's a guy that's not afraid to mix it up. He fights in the pocket. He's great defensively. He's a full uh, all-around fighter in my opinion. But I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, if there's a benefit to either fighter uh, come uh, uh, June uh, uh, 9th. I will go on record saying this is going to benefit uh... – Horn, I think it'll benefit Horn. I think he throws a, a, an authoritative punch, um, and this might enhance his power and effectiveness. And yeah, I don't like the choice of words used with manipulating the horse here. And and yeah, I mean, it, it it's just you you can go inside the glove and you could feel. I'm not saying you part the ways you do anything. 
the glove is pretty much uh, sealed sealed very well, uh, and it's not like you're going to open up the inside of the glove and finagle the the, the padding, uh, uh, which has been a practice in the past by some, but uh, you don't have that real opportunity to do so today. And the the idea of manipulating, uh, can you massage the, the the horse hairs into a certain position? Uh, you know, if if you can, it's going to be minimal. It's not going to overly enhance uh, the 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 uh, knuckles coming through the glove. It's, it's got to be what it is. You got to put eight ounces of horse hair inside a glove like that. You're going to put them in there. It's going to be sealed inside a casing where it's not going to be able to move and be that mobile. So. I think it's fair. I love the horsehair glove. It's a comfortable glove, and uh, I've never hurt my knuckles in a horsehair glove. I've hurt the hell out of my knuckles with a foam glove. Forget about it. I don't like them. Terrence Crawford is the real deal fighter. Um, I think it's going to benefit him, and I'll tell you why. Jeff I Horn. I want to hear it because I don't know. Well, Jeff Horn, uh, like you suggested, is a guy that uh, comes at you, uh, but uh, but he's not accurate. He's a very uh, He's a wild fighter. Uh, he's a young fighter. We only really got to see him uh, against a top-quality opponent in Manny Pacquiao, who seemingly didn't take the fight seriously. Terrence Crawford's a hard puncher. What Terrence Crawford does a little differently is that he'll come in and feel out his opponent for the first several rounds. And then he stands right in the pocket and engages. He's hard to hit when he's in front of you, and uh, he finishes the job. This guy can punch harder than you think, Sal. And uh, the truth of the matter is, I think it's going to benefit Terrence Crawford. And the reason is because not only will it enhance the punching power for both fighters, but when you have the movement and the fluidness that Terrence Crawford has, it's going to benefit him much more. You know, fighters that can hit effectively on the move, if they have more pop behind those punches, it's, it's even going to be more devastating. Fighters that have to stand in front of you to unleash their power punches yes it will help but think of how far and few in between uh, opportunities they have to let their hands go true i think it's a good point and uh surely uh with terence crawford's style he is able to slip a punch while he's in the pocket and deliver a good counter so that would be a good opportunity for him to really uh, nail jeff horn coming in or thinking that he's throwing punches and uh, terence crawford being able to slip them and counter with his own punches while he's in range. Remember the old the old saying is, hey, if you could be hit, you can have an opportunity to hit. So, you know, it's it's going to be, a, I think it's a great thing. I think uh, horsehair gloves are, uh, are a thing that uh, uh, could bring another level of excitement to uh, to the fight game again. And uh, um, I'm a fan of the horsehair gloves. And I think that uh, both, the, I, I, I think it'll benefit both fighters in certain ways. You know, I, I still have that in my memory here. Jeff Horn just throwing a barrage of punches at Pacquiao while Pacquiao was backwards to the ropes and Pacquiao seemingly not being really able to answer with much, moving his head, trying to here and there. But I think uh, Jeff Horn uh, will have that opportunity again against Terrence Crawford to throw that barrage of punches. And, and uh, I'm sure if he doesn't hit him with all the accuracy of, of, of a combination... You know, it, it only takes one or two punches to upset the, the apple cart and to get you hurt, to stun you, and, and then you follow up with a three, four, five, six punch combination. Um, you're a you're a big Jeff Horn fan, aren't you? You know, I wasn't. I was not. 
I was not a Jeff Horn fan. But what I saw in Jeff Horn against Manny Pacquiao was the passion, the, the rising of, to the occasion, an unknown entity uh, who, as far as I was concerned, fought in his backyard his, most of his career. And he showed the world that he's here to be serious. And uh, he took the lights, he took the cameras, and he took the action to Manny Pacquiao. And Pacquiao, like I said, he's going to be out there. If he keeps putting himself out there, all he's going to wind up being, and he's too great of a fighter to, to do this to himself, is going to be fodder for younger guys like a Jeff Horn. And I, I don't want to see Manny Pacquiao go out that way. Um, and Jeff Horn just capitalized on a situation. He was given an opportunity. He maximized it, and that's where we are. That's why we're talking about Jeff Horn today against Terrence Crawford. I give him credit. He rose the occasion. He took the he took the golden ring and he ran with it. And I like when any time any athlete does that, they get the opportunity one time in their life and they rise to the occasion and grab it. And that's what he did. We so got we got a super chat. Uh, Mr. Ed says, uh, "Stop using horsehair gloves. All the riding <laughs> business isn't great either." It's a great show. Um, listen, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Ed and, and Wilbur doesn't want anybody using anything made out of horse hair. But uh, uh, thanks for the uh, uh, super chat, Yo-Yo211. Uh, <clears throat> like uh, that. that um, would be great. Uh, but, but here's <laughs> the thing. Mr. Ed. Here's, here's the thing. You know, with the Jeff Horn situation, I know why you liked him, all right? I, I, or, or let me rephrase that. I know why you like him. You like fighters that are aggressive and, and uh, wear their hearts oh on God. their sleeve. You like guys that, that go and, you know, they, they what do they do, Sal? Oh, they fight. You like guys that actually fight. I get it. You know, and, and so do I. All right. Let, let me start off by saying so do I, of course. I mean, that's what makes, you know, you could spin it. Um, you know, uh, there's been fighters like Floyd Mayweather who spin it and try to convince their fans that, you know, uh, the real way to fight, the real sweet science is not to to fight like that, okay? And and, and for the most part, a lot of his uh, disciples, uh, followers, whatever you want to call it, have drank that Kool-Aid and they believe that uh, complete nonsense. But in Jeff Horn's case, and I agree, he's exciting, and I love fighters who can go in there and mix it up and, and take risks. But the truth of the matter is, is he's not an accurate puncher. And if he was accurate, if he was a guy that stood in front of you and let his hands go and connected meaningful punches with a high percentage, even if it was 60%, there'd be hardly anybody that could beat this guy. Manny Pacquiao took him lightly. Manny Pacquiao had him on his deathbed, and then and then he survived, and Manny Pacquiao ran out of gas. That's what happened in that fight. But Terrence Crawford, I don't know if you just haven't seen enough of him or if you don't appreciate that type of, and I'm not just saying you, Sal, but I'm saying people, if they don't appreciate his type of style, this is a guy that has a mean streak. See, some of these fighters today, they're, they're athletes, et cetera, et cetera. They have talent, whatever you want to say. But they lack that little mean streak when the bell sounds. I'm not saying, uh, you know, you know uh, push babies uh, down steep hills in their strollers uh, just for kicks. Wow, you know, I'm not saying that. You know, yeah. 
You know, I, I'm saying when they're in the ring, all right, they have a mean streak. I'm not saying squash on uh, bugs and run over uh, squirrels. Well, I hate squirrels, but, uh, uh, you know, aim for, for cats on the side of the road. I, you know, I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm saying a mean streak inside the ring. And, and let me tell you something about Terrence Crawford. He has that. And this is a guy with some fast hands. I don't know. I actually am looking forward to this fight, and I don't even think it's going to be that competitive. I think that Terrence Crawford is going to beat the snot out of Jeff Horn. I think this is the last we're going to see of Jeff Horn for quite some time, Sal. Well, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, Bill. I love Terrence Crawford. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's part of what boxing is all about today. He does stay in the pocket. He does have defensive skills. He does put on the, an attack and, and, and combinations. He does punch in bunches. He he does he does all the right things. I love Terrence Crawford. I, I, I really do. And that's why I think, you know, I always say styles make fights. Well, these are going to be two contrasting styles, and I think we're going to have a hell of a few rounds. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Jeff Warren's going to win, but I think these horsehair gloves will be towards his advantage because I think he is the heavier puncher. Even though he's throwing scud missiles at times, you know, some of them are going to land. And, um, you know, Terrence Crawford, you got to love him because he'll stay in the pocket. He'll slip a punch. He'll counter. He'll do what he has to do. He uses the ring to his advantage. So, please, don't get me wrong. I love Terrence Crawford. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. I think he's one of the best out there pound for pound today. Well, clearly, clearly uh, pound for pound. Uh, you know, I, I, I love but him, too. But that's another thing. He's going up in weight, too. Yeah, you know? but, but, but I don't think he's going to. He had trouble making weight. And I saw some uh, uh, footage of him, you know, in between, you know, when he relinquished his uh, junior welterweight titles. He was as heavy as 180 and looked looked did not look like a Ricky Hatton 180. He was, uh, 180. He, he, he was as high as 180 uh, before he started training. But let me tell you, he looked like a chiseled 180 pounder. Uh, I, quite honestly, the, the photos I saw, I don't know how he could get lose 40 pounds. I mean, it, it, he definitely didn't look fat. But, uh, but in any event, I got some emails to read that I'd like to uh, get to. Don't forget, boys and girls, it's Super Chat Thursday. I want to thank uh, other people that already have uh, hooked us up with a Super Chat. You want to get your uh, comments? You got a, a, a real question, a real good question, or you got a disagreement with us or whatever you want. Uh, give us a super chat, and uh, we will uh, definitely talk about um, to uh, to bring that live. But uh, anyway, first email. This is from Jesse. Hey, Billy C. and Sal. Uh, Billy, I think Jamie uh, Mungaya versus Saddam Ali should be a good fight. Jamie has everything to gain because he is so young that he will become a champion. But Ali might be too experienced for him and outbox him. It might be a learning experience for him, Jamie, he's saying. Uh, for being only 21 and winning a title, then defending it against the Sharks, will that be too much for Jamie? You know, an old saying that uh, comes back a, a lot is, it's especially today's uh, boxing game, it's easy to win a title. It's hard to keep it. And, you know, I, I just think Saddam Ali, I thought, had a career performance when he won the title. So this fight could very well be a lot more even than people think. Now, as far as it being too much for Jamie, hey, winning a title and getting an or or even just getting an opportunity to fight for the title uh, is not too much for any fighter. Let, let me just say this: I feel uh, 
that if more fighters, I was thinking about this today, Sal, uh, and and I to answer your first question, Jesse, no, I don't think it'll be too much. But you know, I was thinking today, Sal, and I said to myself, you know, if more fighters, well, let me rephrase it: if the television networks and the promoters didn't devalue a fighter when they lost, right? So in other words, mm-hmm. a fighter gets a loss, and then immediately they're devalued by the promoter, by the networks, by the fans. And the the result, the fear of losing that O, prompts them and their management team to fight basically uh, non-challenging fights for them. I feel that if you didn't get devalued for losing and you actually were tested younger... And so, be as it may, if you lost a fight, as long as you didn't lose your value and you were smart enough to learn something from that loss, at the end of the day, we would end up with a pool of fighters that are better than the pool of fighters we have today. Do you, do you know what I'm saying, Sal? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And I, 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 I concur with you there. I mean, think about that. Because, yeah. you know, today... My biggest argument is when a fighter fights, you know, 20 fights against, you know, sacrificial lambs, and all of a sudden they're they're ranked in the top five, and they get a world title shot, and they get blown out. And you say to yourself, oh, was he exposed, or was he just never given the chance to get better? And I think that if as long as we didn't, you know, devalue these poor guys— I think that the sport would be better. You'd have way tougher fight. We're going to be talking about a fight tomorrow night uh, on tomorrow's show with that young phenom taking on, a, 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 you know, I'm talking about Ryan Garcia, taking on uh, Jason Velez. Jason Velez is a world title uh, challenger. This is a no-joke fighter. This is a huge up in, uh, jump up in, in class for, for Ryan Garcia. And we're going to see right then if what I'm saying is true, Sal. Well, you know, like I said, I love when fighters rise to the occasion. And this is the big time boxing. And, you know, you you have an opportunity. You grab it by the horns. You make it happen. And, uh, you know, that's 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 what I love to see out of, out of young up-and-coming fighter. And, yes, you're right. Sometimes the pathway, you can have a, a fighter paddle with his record and, and uh, manipulated or maneuvered, I like to say, maneuvered up the rankings and uh, with a little cash in hand, a couple undefeated or a couple of sacrificial lands under your belt, you can easily, maybe more easily today than in my era, get ranked and have yourself in line for title fight. But once you're in that position, all right, you got to rise to the occasion and you've got to take the bull by the horns and show the world what you're made of and what you have. And that experience can also be from earlier fights. And I'll tell you what, sparring world-class people in the gym. It helps too. It really does, and uh, I think that uh, you know some fighters can do it. Some fighters will never have that that that, that crossover opportunity to show the world what they're made of because they're just not made of that. They come up with an empty gas tank. Sparring, I just it. I don't care how good of a sparring partner you get. I don't care. You know, there's a lot of young fighters will say, well, you know, I was brought in uh, champion so-and-so's camp and helped them prepare for such-and-such fight. I I just don't think that it's the same, Sal. I mean, it's not, you know, in in sparring, 
as the as the sparring partner, okay, as the guy that 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 is brought in, they're told, hey, today, uh, Mr. Sparring Partner, today we're going to work on. We want you to attack the body of our guy, or we want you to 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 try and avoid him. He's going to. We're working on him cutting the ring off. So so try to move and stuff. They're told what they're expected to do. So it's a little different. Um, in my opinion, anyway, I, I think that the lack of frequency in boxing today has also aided to some of the issues that we talk and complain about. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think if you could only make one major change, I think, you know, not devaluing a young fighter because he lost a fight would be the, the one thing I would ask for. I, I think, you know, there's so many things that I would ask for, Sal, but I, I really think that that would be one. Christmas is a couple months away, seven months. <laughs> I know. Don't don't even scare me. I mean, you believe it? Christmas seven months away. I think we just came on the other side of Christmas. Oh my God! The funny thing is, uh, I, I was saying this yesterday to somebody. The funny thing is, it might have been you after we got off air. But the funny thing is, is we're halfway through the the year after after this month. You said that. Yeah. I know. It's incredible. I, it just seems like we're in the first quarter. We're at. It's we're like almost done with the that. second. I know. You know, I, I mean, know, I know. You know, I I, I do it by my uh, fiscal year, by my calendar year, and uh, I know when taxes are due. It reminds me how fast the year is going by. Um, second point uh, of this email from uh, my man Jesse says Tyson Fury is needed in the heavyweight division. This is a response from yesterday's show. He says because his skills and trash talk, his skills are reach. He's light on his feet and he's pretty good speed. Something Wilder and Joshua must face. Uh, he brings a different type of boxing that Wilder and Joshua uh, have uh, yet to face. Uh, beating Fury would be good for the fight game and uh, either of their resume, resumes. Uh, Fury's trash talk will make people love or hate him, and it annoys fighters. Um, I think Tyson Fury is, is good for, for the heavyweight division. Um, I always liked him. I saw a guy that was improving, and then he was out of the ring for a while. So it's not going to be easy for him to no. get to the level that he was at, let alone continue the improvements that he was making. I think that, honestly, as much as I liked Tyson Fury, and I put the trash talk out of the window um, with him anyway, I uh, I think he's making a comeback because he sees Big money potential uh, fighting one of the top two dogs in uh, AJ or, or Deontay. That, that's what I see. What do you think? Well, I think that's a great incentive. And, and as we, uh, as I discovered, I didn't know he was as young as he actually is. And, uh, you know, if he has not had that much wear and tear on his body and his head, then you know what? There's no other venue that they, is going to produce some millions of dollars as easily as, as getting back in the ring. But it's a lot of hard work, and I don't mean easily. But uh, I think he's got to be on a pathway and directed to to showcase, uh, you know, some of these elimination fights, some of these little things getting him back into the contention uh, for that championship fight. And I think he's got to beat some of these underlings right now and, and show show the world that he's serious. Because I, I think there was some psychological things as well as physical things. So, you know, once I think he shows some stability uh, fighting some some uh, fights along the way, I think you know his credibility will increase and his value will increase. 
We're going to take a short break, and when I come back, I got the rest of uh, Jesse's email to read. He's got his predictions, and he's got a blast from the past request. All of that's coming up uh, in about two minutes. Hey, don't forget about the Super Chats, man. We need some Super Chats. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at and we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show don't forget it's super chat thursday and uh we're looking for you guys to uh give us a super chat with your questions comments or concerns and be part of the show yeah that's that's what we're looking for but uh I'm looking for gold. I'm 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 looking for uh, a winning lottery ticket too, Sal. But uh, you know, I thought I had it last night. That doesn't work. Powerball was worth almost two hundred million dollars, and you know, I almost won, but I missed by about five numbers. Yeah, did you? I usually miss by. Not, I don't. I don't get that close. I usually miss by all six. I never even get one. But uh, you know, do you know when when a lottery is really big, I will I will uh, take a pool from uh, my employees and we'll go. Uh, Buy some tickets, quick picks, and uh, we have gotten as close as I want to say um, three numbers plus the parable number, something like that. We won, we won over a hundred dollars. We were one number shy of winning fifty thousand dollars, so that was a little disappointing. But yeah, like I say, up in Jersey, you got to be in it to win it. This is true. Um, the rest of Jesse's uh, email, he says, here's my picks. I'm predicting Ryan Garcia to knock out Velez, TKO, in the middle rounds. Should be an interesting uh, uh, and entertaining fight and also somewhat of a learning experience for Ryan. He says, uh, Triple G knocking out uh, Vanis late. He says, uh, I got a blast from the past request, Mike McCallum. He trains Jesse Vargas, but Jesse's still almost the same fighter like he was years ago. Jesse doesn't really have some of the basis like basics like Mike McCallum. How do you rate Mike as a trainer? You know, that's kind of a biased question for me because I had a lot of fun with Mike McCallum out in Vegas, and uh, he's quite the character. You know, he's a good trainer. I, I saw him in, uh, in the gym before he was really taking on uh, fighters. He was kind of like just helping and you know he he trains with the same mentality he had when when he fought. So uh, I wish him all the best. He's a great guy, and we'll definitely get him on the uh, blast from the past uh, list. That's that's for sure. That's that's a good one actually. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward uh, uh, to that one, Sal. That's uh, that's a that's that, that, yeah. That's that's uh, that's going to be uh, a worthwhile blast. Not that they. I mean, they're all good. They're all good. But got another email. This is from my man uh, Rick. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I've never been a Tyson Fury fan, mainly because he's so clumsy, c- clumsy and doesn't throw his punches with any real power. 
Um, I don't know if I would call him clumsy. He he is a bit on the awkward side, so I can see what uh, Rick is saying. But I 100% uh, agree with him about his lack of punching power. For a guy that's six foot nine, that that you know weighs almost 300 pounds, and is just so physically big. And I was comparing him to Nikolai Value of yesterday, and that was a guy that just you would think that they just connect once and then knock you into next week. They really don't. Uh, so I agree with Rick there. He says, I'm really surprised, though, that he doesn't get compared to Jess Willard more often. I think they have a lot in common. From the few Willard fights I've seen on YouTube, I definitely give him the edge in boxing ability and punching power uh, over Tyson Fury. But similar to Fury, he was best known as another big, clumsy guy uh, without much muscle tone it was exactly 100 years between willard winning his title from jack johnson and fury winning his from vladimir klitschko wow. both of them beat long-standing dominant champions who were both unpopular for different reasons everyone knows what happened to willard in 1919 when he met jack dempsey and it's probably what he's most remembered for i can easily see the same thing happening to tyson fury in 2019 should he end up facing uh, either Anthony Joshua or Deontay Wilder? Thanks for the email, Rick. I, I tell you one glaring difference um, between Jess Willard being annihilated by Jack Dempsey and the potential annihilation I mean, of um, and the potential annihilation of uh, Tyson Fury being um, beaten by Anthony Joshua or even Deontay Wilder is that the viciousness of Jack Dempsey does not exist anymore today. No. I, I don't think you see that. Mean streak. that no, you, well, forget about a mean streak. He it's was, he, anger, he was like vicious. I, I like, I think the word vicious is, is, is pretty good to define Jack Dempsey when he was inside the ring. Uh, you just don't see that uh, viciousness anymore. No, and you throw it in and in purpose. And I'll tell you what, I I, I will say, I, I think if uh, Tyson Fury gets in a ring with either Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua, he's not going to leave standing. I don't think he'll get out of the ring uh, standing up. That's my um, we, uh, you, I keep losing you for spots here and there. But, uh, you know, uh, the middleweight division, all of a sudden is in question uh, and I'll tell you why you know Canelo cheated uh, had the uh, clarambutal in the system uh, we recently heard that the hair follicle test came up negative which would suggest that uh, Canelo's story of eating tainted beef uh, was true uh, however I've learned since then that, which is something I had no idea about that um, there, there are easy ways to beat uh, hair follicle test, which I didn't know, and I, I you know, this is the main. The, 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 yeah, this is the main reason why I, uh, um, you know, stay stay kind of distance from that. But um, you better keep your hair short. Well, they say that that doesn't make a difference. But uh, um, Billy Joe Saunders, you know, when we're talking about Triple G and Canelo, all of a sudden Triple G, you know, he's fighting this weekend, and. You know, he seems to, you know, he has made some statements that maybe he'll fight Canelo in September, maybe not. 
Um, seemingly, uh, you know, at least in my opinion, I thought that the Billy Joe Saunders fight with Triple G would would supersede Canelo. Uh, yesterday, Sal and I were talking about uh, the middleweight division, and, and I was shocked to hear that Triple G, according to the computer rankings, is number two, and Canelo's number one, which is a joke. Um, but but listen to this, Billy Joe Saunders has never been short on his words and no, you know saying not. things, right? Um, and he he was asked about some different things concerning uh, both Canelo and Triple G, and he said uh, on Canelo in my and this is Billy Joe Saunders in my opinion, uh, Canelo is a cheat. He's a drugs cheat. He's still a cheat. He will always be a cheat. Everything he's done in boxing, in my eyes, has evaporated. Um, But despite this negativity and how he feels about Canelo Alvarez, when he was asked if he would fight Canelo, he says, this is Billy Joe Sanders, uh, I'd fight him 100%. We're in a business where, you know, it's money-oriented. You got to go where the money is. Of course I would fight him, but it doesn't change my opinion that he's a drug cheat. Um, Alvarez, uh, obviously, was supposed to fight Triple G, and a lot of people thought that Billy Joe Saunders could have been the replacement for Triple G. And Saunders said this. He says on fighting Triple G, he says, hey, that May date was never going to happen, but this fight could have happened in June. They, meaning Team Triple G, seem to have gone another route. The ball was in their court, and they threw it out, meaning to get a fight done with Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, if the boxing gods want it, it will happen. But if they don't, then it was never meant to be. So we'll we'll see where it goes from here. You know, when I see these comments, I start to say to myself, what is going to be the move in the middleweight division? Because all of a sudden, Billy Joe Saunders is re- assuming that Triple G gets by uh, Vanis Monteroshian this weekend. It, it seems that Billy Joe Saunders is the guy that is coveted. And, you know, if if Canelo and Golden Boy decide to go after Billy Joe Saunders and offer him a big payday, Triple G could be boxed out again uh, and being forced to wait if he chooses to do so. It seems like Billy Joe Saunders is a little PO'd at Triple G for not fighting him in June. I don't know. What do you see between the lines here with uh, with the, the, the talk from Billy Joe Saunders, Sal? I saw through the lines there, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it, and I'm probably going to get a lot of criticism. But uh, first of all, I feel about Jeff Saunders as I do about Billy Jeff Joe. Horn. Billy, Billy Joe. Joe. Yeah. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Saunders as I do about Jeff Horn. These guys were pretty much unknown entities. And, and boom, they they jumped on the main stage and they took the opportunity and displayed what they can do. And so I love that. And that's why now I'm also a Billy Joe Saunders fan. He's a credible fighter. He's capable of doing a lot of damage in the ring. And I saw that. And I'll tell you what. Like I said, styles makes make fights. And Billy Joe Saunders. I'm not saying he, he's he's capable of it, but I'll tell you what, I think he would give Triple G all the trouble that his camp might not want at this time. Uh, I saw something in Billy Joe Saunders 
that lends me to believe that he has a style that maybe uh, Triple G's camp doesn't want to see right now, uh, if not ever. So that's what I kept to myself. Without the stuff, um, I'll see Billy Joe Saunders. I think he'll beat Canelo Alvarez. I think he's a tough contender. I think he's the real deal, and uh, he's a big guy, and uh, at a middleweight division. And I think uh, he'll gladly step in the ring with Canelo Alvarez because I think Canelo Alvarez, as good as he is, and and guess what? I'm a fan of all three of these middleweights. And you know, without the tainted beef and everything else going on with with Canelo Alvarez, I I, I still say. I respect him as a fighter, and I think he's capable of beating a lot of people out there. I don't know if he'll get past Billy Joe Saunders if they should fight. And I, I think Billy Joe Saunders is going to be having to face, uh, you know, these two fighters uh, in the near future. And I don't know if it's going to go uh, the way that everybody on the surface may think it will. How many Billy Joe Saunders fights have you seen, honestly, Sal? Honestly, just just a few, and and but what I saw, what he did, his last time out, I uh, I was impressed, and I think even though it was against a stationary one-dimensional fighter, it gave him an opportunity to to show what he could do, and I'm just saying, I I, I know what fighters possess in their heart, and they rise to the occasion. Styles make fights, and this guy has the tools. To go in the ring with pretty much a, a couple of different styles that he'll rise to occasion. I just know it. I just know it. That's that's what a fighter can read in another fighter. Well, he did have a great performance in his, uh, his last fight against David Lemieux. Um, yes, he did. But uh, some of his previous ones, he clearly didn't look as good. So you always wonder, like you just said, style makes fights. I mean, did he look so great because he was fighting a one-dimensional, one-trick pony? Uh, in David Lemieux, um, but the only way to really see is put him in there with one of these guys, you know. And don't forget Daniel Jacobs, you know. He's a, he's the he's the guy that they're going to want to avoid. You got those top three dogs right now: Triple G, Canelo, and Billy Joe Saunders. Daniel Jacobs is the risk, you know. The fight that makes the most sense really would be Billy Joe Saunders against Daniel Jacobs, only because. He's the only one that, for Daniel Jacobs, that has a title that's not tied to the possibility of fighting all the others. See, Triple G is kind of in the driver's seat, in my opinion, because he's the guy with the majority of the belts, and he's the guy that I would think would be the fastest track to, you know, to big money fights, et cetera, et cetera. But the next guy is Billy Joe Saunders. The ironic thing is Canelo doesn't bring anything to the table anymore. I think that Canelo's value has clearly uh, gone down, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really believe that, Sal. I, I think that his value uh, has uh, has gone down, and, um, you know, it is what it is. What, what do you think? Well, it is what it is. And, you know, inside the, 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 the talks and everything else in the fight world, you know, if you get accused or you're, you have evidence against you that you cheated, I mean, that goes a long way. There there, there are fighters out there that, that, you know, hey, well, I knew it all along, and uh, now it's exposed, and I, I'm, I'm going to want to jump on that all over the place. You know, you, you just hear different things on the inside. Uh, the shame of the matter is this. You've got some great, great fighters in the middleweight division, and here we have an undefeated uh, superstar, middleweight champion, 
Triple G, and it's it's like under the radar. This fight is happening just a few short days, and and there's nothing really to promote or to say because it's lesser of an opponent. We know that, but uh, you know it's a shame because this fight is is gonna be just a, a matter of fact. Go go to it and see what happens. And yeah, Triple G will win, but uh, you know you have a great round robin series here with some top tier fighters. Uh, world class in the middleweight division right now between Billy Joe Saunders, Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs, and Triple G. I mean, right there, you can have fights for fans uh, for a year and a half, two years. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the problem... If they fought each other. Yeah, but the problem is Triple G doesn't have that much time left. You know, he and, doesn't. I and, think he only has a couple good fights left in him, and uh, and uh, I think he can definitely retire with a smile on his face and go into the sunset and enjoy life. Well, I, I think that Jacobs is the is the danger guy. Um, he is, and he's big too, Sal. He's big. He's a big guy. We saw him. He looked big against Triple G. No, oh, he's way bigger than Triple G. The question is, is you know, you 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 say that. You think that Billy Joe Saunders is so big? I, I don't know if he's bigger than Daniel Jacobs. Although he didn't look that big this past weekend. I, no, he did not look that big this past weekend. But I'll tell you what, Daniel Jacobs and, and Billy Joe Saunders—that would be a fight I'll pay for. I mean, I'll pay for any fight. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you what, talk about style. I would love to see that fight, and that would that would definitely be a fight that we could talk about. And I think they'll get a lot of attention in the boxing world. Which fight? Daniel Jacobs versus Billy Joe Saunders. That's a great fight. Of course it's a great fight. Of course it's a great fight. I, I mean, I, you know, the thing is... I would is, love to see that. Yeah, but they're both... Everybody's so greedy. Billy Joe Saunders, yes, I agree. Billy Joe Saunders and Daniel Jacobs, and I just said that before, would be the logical fight. But I'm not so sure that Billy Joe Saunders takes that fight because he could make more money fighting either of the other two. And it's all about money, Sal. It's true. And at the end of the day, it's a business. You know, like we said, if you map out, you sit down with the brainiacs that, 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 that know the game and you look at how can you maximize your income and minimize your risk, you know, it, it might go another path. But the bottom line is, with, like I mentioned earlier, with any one of those top tier four credible middleweights, Billy Joe Saunders, Daniel Jacobs, Canelo Alvarez, and Triple G. You could have a great round robin of fights between all four of those guys, any which way you turn it. Yes, I'd like to see Triple G uh, fight Canelo Alvarez in September, and I'd like to see Triple G uh, get the victory that he was stolen uh, when they fought last September. Um, and I think that uh, uh, as long as Adelaide Bird is not in the arena, uh, you know, it should show and prove to be his night. We'll see. But he's getting older each month. We all are. But uh, in the fight world, I think he's got to have a fight uh, with uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez before the end of this year. And then from there on, he could either retire or face another fighter uh, if he wins Canelo, if he beats Canelo Alvarez. Do I want to see him against Daniel Jacobs again? Yeah, maybe. Do I want to see him against Billy Joe Saunders? I think that might be a fight that, that uh, he might want to avoid, but we'll see. You know... I used to be a big fan of Canelo. I really was. Me too. I, I've I mean, lost. You know I've I lost all respect. For Canelo. I, I've lost all respect for Canelo. I, I. I just. You know. And it's not only because of this steroid thing. It's just the way 
he's followed the path that Oscar De La Hoya is clearly copying from Floyd Mayweather. All of the, the my hang-ups with Floyd Mayweather and the way he directed his career, which I don't knock him for, for his own personal financial gain, but I'm talking about for the benefit of the sport itself. Canelo's doing. Canelo's, I mean, you, you might as well just, you know, uh, copy and paste what Floyd had been successful with and put it under Canelo's name because that's what he's doing. And, you know, when he first hit the scene, he, he was refreshing. He was young. He said all the right things. He backed up what he said. And then somewhere along the line, he just became this, we're going to do like Floyd did. And he's put his 100% confidence in Oscar De La Hoya. And Oscar De La Hoya's letting us down, man. Oscar De La Hoya, a guy who was known to not duck anyone. And when you look at Oscar De La Hoya's resume, it backs up what I'm saying. This was a guy that fought everybody available to him during his active career and then some. And, and, yeah. and he would probably fight again if, he, if they would let him. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that's really not the same. You can't really say the same for Canelo. He started off that way and really was heading in the right direction, and he's become nothing less than a diva. And he's not backing it up. His perform, You know, there's one thing. when you're, If you want to be a diva and you back up your performances, not many people can criticize you. You know, it's my biggest criticism about Deontay Wilder. He pounds on it and says, I'm the best. Everybody's scared of me. They're scared of me. But he doesn't He doesn't prove it. You know, he doesn't, I, I, well, I, I can't say he doesn't prove it. You got to step in a ring to prove it to, so he can prove it. I just think they're hesitant. But, uh, you know, he's not the only example. You know, uh, Canelo, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've lost a lot of respect for him, Sal. I really have. And, and he, was, he was good for the sport. I don't think so now. Well, I, I, I think he's still good for the sport, Bill, and I do respect him and appreciate him as a fighter. I think he's, he's well-schooled. I think he's well, more than capable, and uh, I, I think this too shall pass, and uh, um, he will be back on the scene, and he will probably put his money where his mouth is and, and uh, step up and do what he's got to do. And maybe, you know, like you suggested, he has taken a, a playbook story out of out – of, uh, you know the uh, the old playbook um, uh, from Floyd Mayweather. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. I mean, we we've seen certain certain people that that might be dubbed a diva, and uh, you know Andre Ward certainly proved that wrong, or certainly backed that up. And I think you know uh, Canelo Alvarez. I think when it comes to mano de mano, I think he does uh, possess that. I think he does want to show the world what he's capable of, but. These events that have had occurred in the last year or so, I think um, uh, from the from the draw he was lucky enough to get with, with Triple G, uh, I think has you know just just taken a little bit of luster off the shine, but uh, it's not to say he can't get it back. Let me ask you a question. Um, and by the way, for all the radio affiliates that we have and all of our television affiliates, um, we are not taking a break here in three minutes. So, uh, uh, warning to you here. Sal, let me let me ask you a question. Um, the the fact that fighters, um, you know, like Canelo, 
or or Canelo now, but more so with when Floyd was active. Fighters that that fight and want all of the advantages in their favor when they fight someone. What's your thoughts and how do you feel about that? In other words, for an example, like Floyd always got to pick the location. He got to pick the gloves. He got to pick the weights. He got to pick who's making what. You know, everything was in his favor before you stepped in the ring. My philosophies have always been, especially on the championship level, that the best fights are those what we would like to refer to as 50-50 fights. You know, if you were were fighting someone, would you want to go back to that dressing room the winner knowing that it was your best against your opponent's best would you feel differently if you went back to that dressing room knowing that you got to lay out all the parameters of the fight do you understand the question like how do you feel about one side always calling all the shots when they're fighting the other side you know bill i'll tell you uh that was something that uh was far and few for me and a fighter, in his heart of hearts, doesn't care what, if, when, and how. It just show me where I got to be, and uh, give me the date and the opportunity, and I'm uh, putting my lunch pail down, and I'm going to go do my work. And the bottom line is, I think a lot of fighters do feel that way. Uh, I think when you get to the superstar status on some level, maybe you do have a few requests that you uh, want to make, and on that level... I think to be fair, uh, there should be trade-offs and there should be con- concessions or there should be something equal on a par because giving one fighter too much of a competitive edge is just that. And if he does win as he's expected, you know, you... you the bottom line is there's only so much you can really do within the rules and regulations of professional boxing. I mean, you got to have a standard official size of a ring, which, uh, you know, larger rings favor a boxer who runs, who wants to move, who wants to have room to move. Uh, a puncher favors a smaller ring where his opponent can't run and move. So there are trade-offs, and that's where you come instead of a 20-foot ring, maybe maybe an 18-foot ring instead of a 16-foot ring. Who knows? But those are the mediums. Those are trade-offs. Uh, horsehair gloves versus phone gloves. Um, uh, the Mexican gloves, which are known to have more laces exposed that can cut you, versus non-Mexican uh, gloves. I, I don't know. There, there are trade-offs in all these things. And I think it should be, when you get to that superstar status level, I think there should be an, a, a, an even par for both camps to have trade-offs. Like I said all the time, the best deals that are made are when both sides don't feel like they have quite won, but they don't feel like they quite have lost either. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's like... uh, I don't like it conditional on just one side. No, I don't like that. That's the question. No, I don't like that. If that's what... No, but I mean, if you you were the guy that was in the position to, to, to make all the conditions, would you feel just as successful after the fight knowing that you had everything your way than you would have if it was even. Well, when you say that, I mean, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at what, what can I actually do? Could I say, hey, I want to come in the ring last, uh, be announced? Could I say uh, I want to wear, uh, I want to have horsehair gloves, eight ounces? Could I say I want a uh, 18-foot ring? I don't want a 20-foot ring? Could I say, yeah, if I get in that fight? Those are things that, you know, most fighters, 
they throw out the window. You say, hey, just give me a home where the buffalo can roam. Yeah, but no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, those are exactly the, the issues because think of it this way. For you, want an 18-foot ring versus a 21-foot, that – it you know plays into your style of fighting. Maybe the guy that you're fighting against is more of a boxer. He wants the bigger ring. So so yeah. Now that that's closer to you. You know the gloves. You're a puncher. The other guy's not. He he wears his opponent's hand. So now you have the advantage with the the puncher's gloves. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So do you think that the 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 options that you have to dictate aren't enough? To make you feel that the victory was less accomplishing for you, I wouldn't want all the options in my favor. Right. That's that. Saying. That. Yeah. That's my point. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Point. yeah. I, right. I'd like there to be a trade-off between fighters. Hey, you want to choose the gloves? Well, you that, choose the ringside. Exactly. Vice versa. That's Ex fine. Yeah. That's uh, right. Right. That's fair. That makes you go back saying, "Hey, I beat him fair and square." You know, it's like it's like the guy who plays Monopoly all the time, and probably the young people never played a board game. But guy who plays Monopoly all the time has got to beat a banker. I'm, I'm the banker, and I start off with Boardwalk and Park Place. You know, I, I mean, you know, and, and unless you do it that way, you don't play. You know, I, I mean, you know, that that's that's my point. So yeah, no, I I, I think uh, I think you're agreeing with what I thought you would. I, I think you're saying what I thought you would say. You know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that you would get more, you, you would get more satisfaction. I guess the better choice of words would be, you would get more satisfaction with a victory over a fighter that you guys both had a say in what the what the parameters were, versus you dictating everything and going back to that dressing room, the victor saying, "Well, you know, I did have the smaller ring. I had my kind of gloves. It was my fan base. It was in my hometown. It was I got announced. You know what I mean?" Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I'm gonna say, "Hey, I want a 16 foot ring. I, I I wish I could have a 10 foot ring." Right. <laughs> Bottom line is, I want a 16 foot ring. I want eight ounce horsehair gloves, and uh, I I want to come in with my name announced last in front of my hometown fans. That's all. And oh, by the yeah. way, by the way, I want him one of his hands tied behind his back too. By the way, <laughs> that too, but, yeah, that too. you know what? That but hey, um, as we're wrapping it up here, um, you know, I, I got the uh, statistics from uh, uh, the WBC. You know, the uh, Triple G Vanis Martirosian fight this weekend is a, a WBC World Middleweight Title uh, bout, and uh, some of the. Uh, Normally, I don't, you know, I mean, with the WBC, uh, and we're going to be breaking down, um, you know, these fights tomorrow, but uh, the WBC only looks at themselves as, you know, the sanctioning body. They don't credit anyone else, even though they support unifications. So, in other words, for Triple G, they have him listed as his fourth title defense when actually, um, you know, he's fought in 19 titles uh title title fights that uh incidentally he's uh 18 and 0 with one draw so the guy's fought 19 world title fights and the wbc has given him four uh you know giving him credit for four um but you know when they list all of the wbc world middleweight champions from 1963 when they first started all the way up to uh triple g um you know, including Canelo, they have Canelo as as uh, uh, number thirty seven, number thirty eight. There's been thirty eight champions, uh, Triple G, um, and then they rate their top ten middleweights of all time. The WBC, interesting list, Sal. 
They have Sugar Ray Leonard, number one. They have Bernard Hopkins, number two. They have Joey Gardiello, number three. They have uh, Carlos Monzon, number four. They have Marvin Hagler, number five. Uh, they have Nino Benvenuti at number six, Triple G at number seven, uh, Mil Griffith at number eight, Sergio Martinez at number nine, and uh, Rodrigo Valdez, who was a, a quality fighter, uh, at number ten. Um, you know, I, I I don't know Ray Leonard as their top middleweight guy. I mean, yes, he beat Marvin Hagler, but. Uh, I guess they don't put any. Uh, uh, well, then again, I, I don't know how Where many other titles. Well, no, he he didn't fight um, for a WBC middleweight no. title. This is for no. the middleweight. Um, but 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 the other thing that I thought was pretty cool was uh, some of their what they classify is uh, their memorable um, title fights, and they listed uh, a bunch of them here. I just want to go down the list because a lot of them are, are more modern than, than you would think. Um, as one of the most memorable fights, they have Triple G in a 12-round draw with Canelo Alvarez. From uh, Yeah. Um, they, uh, they obviously uh, have that date wrong. They have it September 16, 2014. That's not right. Um, but um, they have... Uh, uh, Triple G and Danny Jacobs uh, as uh, a good one. They have Triple G as Kel Brook um, as one of their top ones. They have Canelo Alvarez beating Miguel Cotto as a top uh, world title fight. They have Cotto knocking out Martinez as a top one. They have uh, Martinez beating Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, Jermaine Taylor beating Bernard Hopkins twice. Uh, both times I thought B-Hop won. They have uh, Hopkins knocking out Oscar De La Hoya. They have uh, Hopkins beating Felix Trinidad. They have Roberto Duran beating Iran Barkley in 1989. That was a great one. But the one before that, Iran Barkley knocking out Tommy Hearns was also good. Sugar Ray Leonard beating Hagler. Hagler over Hearns. I mean, come on, that was one of the greatest fights ever. Uh, Hagler over Duran. Carlos Monzon over Rodrigo Valdez. Carlos Monzon over Emil Griffith. Carlos Monzon over Nino Benver. You have all these Carlos Monzon guys, and they have him number four. They have him number four. Um, Nino Benvenuti over Emil Griffith. Griffith over Benuti. Uh, Benvenuti. Uh, Emil Griffith over Dick Tiger. Joey Gardiello over Ruben Hurricane Carter. And uh, Dick Tiger over Gene Fulmer. Ruben Hurricane Carter was, I think, uh, a very underrated fighter. If he would have had his head straight, uh, he could have been one of the best. He had one of the best hooks in the business. But anyway, what's your thoughts on some of those fights, Sal? Uh, phenomenal. I think they were great fights. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it, it uh, got me uh, thinking about going back and looking at some of these fights because they were great, memorable fights. And uh, surely, you know, come to, coming to mind is the three explosive rounds between Tommy Hearns and Marvin Hagler. I'd like to see that again. And, uh, you know, there were several other fights there. I think Sugar Ray Leonard, like I said, I've learned to appreciate his level and his talent and his ability as years go by because he was, he was that good. He really was. And, uh, you know, you, you're talking about some top-tier, world-class, world-known, household-name fighters. And uh, uh, it's far and few 
because, I, like I said, I, it's hard to see if we're going to get that kind of uh, uh, generation of fights and fighters again. Well, we could, but Please. but there's one simple thing: uh, they got to fight. You know, they got to fight each other. They got to fight. fight. You know, the they uh, right. Fight. They can't. They can't let you know things. Uh, you know, getting away of making, getting getting in the way of making the fight. You know, but uh, no. anyway, it's that time again. We got the trivia question. Um, Boy. You know, I, uh, uh, I, 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 I didn't get any correct answers, obviously. So we're going to do the question again. So I'm going to read the question. Then I'm going to give you the hint from yesterday and another hint today. Um, so hopefully we'll get a winner for tomorrow. Uh, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, because that's the way you got to do it, Billy at Talking Boxing, dot com. Here's a question. I once stopped an undefeated record of a fighter. Then a week later, I beat his brother. Who am I? I once stopped the undefeated record of a fighter. Then a week later, I beat his brother. Who am I? Well, first of all, a couple of hints that I'm not going to count this hints. Fighting a week later should give you an indication that this fight was not, this fighter did not fight in recent times. Okay, because, you know, three fights a year today gets you an award. Um, so that's one thing. I once stopped the undefeated fighter of a record. Then a week later, I beat his brother. Who am I? If you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, the same game that Alex Papali uses for our uh, Blast from the Past segment. So I'm going to read it one more time with two hints, two legit hints, two hints that are going to count, they're all legit. But. I won't stop an undefeated fighter of record, then a week later I beat his brother. Who am I? Here's the two hints. The hint from yesterday. The guy's name, his initials are TC. TC. The initials of the two brothers that he fought is DF and GF. DF and GF. If you know this answer, and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. You'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Sal, you look so perplexed. Don't even try. This one's a tough one for you. Um, <laughs> I'm going through the alphabet. Where are all the initials I want to look them up? <laughs> yeah, where's all the initials? But uh, anyway, hey, listen. TC, TC is the name of the guy. Who, the Who Am yeah, I? D F and G F are the first and last initials of the brothers that he fought. So D F and G F. Yeah, D is in. Do Listen to you. What are you doing? You you working with somebody texting you I'm, right now? Well, I mean, come on. I'm writing these down. D F is in dog, right? Right. All right. Did Furpo have a brother? Yeah. <laughs> and. Matt, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to work on this. DF and GF. DF and GF. Anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls, make sure um, tomorrow you stop by because 
We have a couple of big fights this weekend that we're going to be breaking down and giving you our predictions. And hopefully we'll have an announcement that uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder has been signed, sealed, and delivered. I still hope I am wrong, uh, but I feel that this fight will not be made this year. And I think that if it even, even gets made next year, it'll be in the latter part of the year. And, and I would not be shocked if this fight never gets made. Uh, contrary to what Sal thinks, I think Deontay Wilder, every time he steps in the ring, it's danger for him. Yes, he's got that knockout punch, but I still believe, despite him showing us a, 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 a good chin against Luis Ortiz, I just, I just don't know. I've seen too many sparring footage of him being dropped. Um, and uh, I just and AJ too though in all in all fairness AJ too has been dropped in sparring. Um, I I just don't know. I hope I'm a hundred percent wrong. I hope this fight is announced. I hope we're talking and jumping for joy tomorrow. Uh, but uh, I just have this feeling that the, that the greed factor, the G word, uh, is going to prevent this fight from happening at all. So anyway, um, but the other fights, including Ryan Garcia. Uh, who's fighting tomorrow night, a very intriguing fight against Jason Velez. We'll be talking a lot about that fight. And uh, I want you to look into that one, Sal. Don't come in uh, without your homework tomorrow. That's a, a big fight uh, that will be uh, available that we need to talk about. And the reason is because it's the only competitive fight, in my opinion, of the weekend. Yes, we have that fight. Yes, we have Triple G um, going up against... Uh, Vanis Monarosian, and we also have the the biggest fraud in boxing, David Hay, uh, fighting Tony Bellew again. Uh, there is a female oh, yeah. fight. There is a female fight that I'm not going to uh, even break down. Um, you know, until you know, uh, there are some people. Uh, even our very own Dax feels that the women's boxing is is you know uh, getting real good. Uh, I I don't because. You know, five, six years ago and longer, the female fighters fought anybody, anytime. And now they're cherry-picking, it seems. I don't know. They're everything. Clarissa Shield's supposed to be the best. She's fighting a fighter two weight classes below her. Um, you know, to me, that proves nothing. Same thing with the Charlo brothers. I love them. I love watching them. But show me them in the ring with a guy the same size as them, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's that. Hey, listen. Make sure. You tune in tomorrow morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.